today on this Sunday, just two Sundays before the Feast of the Nativity, before the Feast of Christmas, every year on the Sunday between the 11th and the 17th of December, we celebrate the Sunday of the Holy Forefathers, meaning the ancestors of Christ that pointed, that foreshadowed, that foretold that Christ would be born. The Old Testament, the prophets, and the great saints who told the world what was to lie ahead. And it happens to fall with the gospel reading of the parable of the great banquet. And we heard in the gospel that there was a rich man that sent out, that sent his servant to tell people that the feast was prepared, the banquet was ready. This may sound strange to us today, but this is actually very historically accurate. Think of movies or books like the Count of Monte Cristo. You remember those lavish parties in the villas with all the different servants running around? Well, the way it worked in those days was an invitation would go out, and when the feast was prepared, you would get kind of a second chance, a second notice. And the servants would come again and tell you, yes, the party is today, but it is time. Everything's ready. You may come now. And so this happened, and we know that there were excuses, various excuses. And these go very beautifully together, the Feast of the Holy Forefathers and the parable of the banquet, because just as a banquet cannot be ready in just an hour, at least these kinds of great banquets, neither was God's plan of salvation an overnight instant. For Christ to be born, it took generations and generations of planning, of preparing the world. We see it in the prophets, in the people that we celebrate today, that the world needed to be prepared to accept and to receive their king. We've been talking a lot lately about that king, about Christ, about what he means to us, or what he should mean to us. We talked a lot about how that king is supposed to affect us in the divine liturgy in communion and receiving him and being united with him in the sacrament of communion. On standing before that king in the sacrament of confession and coming to terms with our shortcomings, with our failures, which is not easy to always do. We've talked about how that king is supposed to affect our faith how he is to transform us as participants in the divine liturgy, which we are reminded means we are actually participating for this hour and a half roughly that we were here today in the kingdom. We begin the liturgy, I, I try to say it as often as I can, we begin the liturgy by saying blessed is the kingdom. That means that we are going into the kingdom. That's our destination Our goal in life is to become like Him. Not all of us are there yet. Some of us are closer, some of us further away. 
But all of us have the same goal. We talk much about how salvation is the great equalizer, that no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have or how handsome or beautiful you are, that in the end, everyone has an equal opportunity to be saved, to experience God's kingdom. This enough on its own should be enough to change us, to transform us. The saints talked a lot about seeing God, that people would come and ask them, you know, yet on the how do I see God? We are all capable of seeing God. The problem is that, just like in today's Gospel reading, we are so busy seeing everything else. All of us. The priests, the bishops, the chancers, the people. We are inundated with so many things in life, and these things are not necessarily bad. The money, the material things, our families, our jobs, they are not the problem. These are things that God has blessed the world with. We are the problem when we don't see Christ in all of these things and all of these people. Somebody said, how do I know, they asked, how do I know if I am turning other things into God's? You've heard many times how people say we turn money into God, we turn our family into God, our job into God. And I thought about how to answer that, and I said, well, we go to church, let's say, for two hours on Sunday. For some, that's a stretch, two hours, let's just say, on Sunday. We pray, let's say, another two hours a week. That might be a stretch for many of us. If we pray for two hours a week, so that's four hours. Let's say we, for another hour, we read the Bible during the week. So that's five hours. So I guess the answer is that anything we do, not counting our job, of Right? Because we can't, most of us aren't lucky enough to be able to just work five hours and to live, to survive. But anything else, if we do it for more than five hours, based on the math we just put together, that means that we have turned something else into more of a God than the king himself. So whether that's watching TV or social media or whatever. And then we can flip-flop it again, and we can change the equation, and we can say anything that we spend more on. And of course, we're not talking about food and our home and things like that, but if we have some kind of a vice, let's say, and we're spending on, on specific things that we have a bit of a vice on, then that becomes God. In a beautiful way, these Gospel readings remind us to focus on the king. God said, Christ said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, that we are to see God, to look for God in everything first. And by the way, you know, Christ said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He really meant himself, that we are to find Christ in everything. But out of humility, he said, look for the kingdom, not the king. But if we look for the kingdom, we find the and if we look for the king, we end up in the kingdom. And today we are reminded to see Christ in everything. To pay attention to the invitation. We have many invitations that lie ahead. We have, we're blessed, even in this pandemic, to have two liturgies on Sundays. 
to have liturgy throughout the week. We're doing a 40-day liturgy. We had liturgy every day from last Sunday until today. Eight liturgies in a row. We have liturgy this Tuesday, this Friday, for St. Eleftherios and St. Dionysius. We have liturgy Christmas Eve morning, Christmas Eve night, two on Christmas Day. We have so many invitations. We have no excuse to be able to miss. Although I would laugh if one of you told me that you couldn't come and you gave the same reasons that they gave in today's parable. That you bought oxen, for example. Or you just got married. It's a beautiful thing that even in this turbulent day and age that we have everything we need. I'll leave you with one last thought. On the Feast of St. Catherine, I called a parishioner from our church. And I don't think I told you this last week, but I said to her, how are you? She's 84 years old, I think, 85. She works every day still in her family's restaurants. And I said, how, how is it with COVID and the restaurants? And it must be hard. She said, Father, it's all a matter of perspective. And I said, what do you mean? She said, my bank account has money in it. I have my house. This is nothing. She's from Yanina, from Ipiro, where many of the people in the parish are from. She said, when I was a little girl, for a year and a half, I had 10 German soldiers sleeping in my living room. We had to smile and flirt with them to get a piece of bread. This is nothing. And I thought, right, we have everything we need, even though things are hard. And that's not to take away from people that have lost their life to this or people that have struggled through this illness. But for those of us that have our lives and have the ability to continue on with hope, really it is a matter of perspective. We have everything we need, and the great King has offered it to be so for us.